Welcome to Conversations with I Follow the Leader, made possible by I Follow the Leader, LLC. I am your host, Antonetta Mosley. I'm the CEO and Principal Leader at I Follow the Leader and a Certified Diversity Professional. I founded the firm in 2016 because I believe the historical prototype of what a successful leader looks like needs to change. We help leaders and organizations thrive and reach their highest potential. This is a place where those of a different feather can soar together. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everyone. I hope you are having a beautiful day. Welcome to episode 54 of Conversations with I Follow the Leader. I am just beyond excited because this is something in 54 episodes we have never done before. Want to shout out Rory Geller Muhammad, Senior Partnership Leader at I Follow the Leader, because this was her idea. And you will get to hear from her very soon. But wanted to shout her out because we are here today because of her and because of the amazing leaders at Conservation Trust for North Carolina were willing to share part of their journey and partnership with I Follow the Leader. So CTNC times IFL DEI partnership case study, again, something we've never done. However, both parties felt that it could help uh, not only nonprofits, but organizations across the country with their DEI journey. One of the biggest things people ask me is like, how do we keep this going? How do we start this work? How do we have a successful DEI committee? How do we integrate staff and board together on this journey? And CTNC has successfully done all of that. And I say successfully, but it wasn't easy. And so we don't want to pretend this was this easy rainbows and butterflies process. And so they're going to share some of those highlights and also pain points today. I would love for those who are on the call, um, Rory, if you could just share a little about yourself and then CTNC team, if you can share why is DEI important to you, and then we'll get in deeper on the professional side, but would love to know personally, because I feel like each of your unique stories is why this works so well. So pass it off to Rory and, and then to Amy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited to be part of the conversation. My name is Rory Geller Muhammad. I am a DI practitioner and licensed therapist and bring both of those things together and I'm senior partnership leader at iFollow Leader. Hi, I'm Amy Smith. Uh, I am the director of philanthropy at CTNC and also the staff lead for the DEI committee. Um, so I'm very happy to be here and have had the great fortune of working with both Antonetta and Rory. So thank you both for having us on here. Um, for me personally, DEI, I know it was um, very important from the very first conversation I ever had with Chris uh, interviewing years ago, I uh, really expressed to him kind of my personal interest and commitment to it. Um, just coming from the South, there's, you know, oftentimes we're, we're not told kind of the full history. So I've been at CTNC really able to learn a lot more and dive into that. Um, and then, you know, just figure out kind of the role that I have in being um, kind of a helper in some of this work and making sure that other folks know about the importance of, you know, race equity work 
kind of in all of the work that we're doing. Yeah, and I'm uh, Chris Canfield, Executive Director at CTNC. I've been here since 2017. And prior to that, I had many decades working in traditional conservation. And I'll be honest, we always in those organizations put forward nice intentions and good language around diversity. Um, but frankly, we had very little to show for it that really convinced me that we had done the work necessary. And um, again, I also grew up in the Deep South in Louisiana and Alabama. I have seen the worst of inequities, uh, both in thought, word, and deed. Um, and you know, was hopeful that there could be some way before the end of my career and, and the end of my sort of uh, period of life here that that I could make some small difference. And we'll talk more about it. But CTNC really presented me with that opportunity when I came here, and and um, so I'm really gratified to have the help from IFL to get there. I am Kathy Hamilton Gore. Uh, I am a board member serving for just finished my fourth year. I've been the DEI committee chairperson for the last two years. And so have worked with, I followed the leader through the process of helping CTNC move forward uh, more in, intentionally and more strategically um, through our work with DEI. And I'm also a retired faculty member from NC State University in Parks, Recreation and Tourism Management. So conservation uh, is a part of what I have spent my life doing. And one reason that DEI is so important to me is um, just like Amy and Chris, I am a Southerner, African-American female raised in Jim Crow South. And I'm now at that point in my life where uh, I say I'm, I'm in that last season, however long it may be. But during that season, I really would hope that I can do something to help those marginalized communities um, of which many, many of which I personally represent achieve more and struggle a lot less. So that's why I'm in this game, to win it. Thank you, Kathy. I love that. Um, just right, achieve more and struggle less. And this is actually interesting because I was born in Georgia. So also um, born in the, in the deep South, identify right, as, as Black, African-American, and am a millennial. And so it's it's interesting. We have different generations on this call, different perspectives, and that is something that also was present throughout our work together, right? So really knowing that you're going to have different viewpoints and people are going to hear and see and experience things extremely differently. Uh, and so thank you all for sharing um, I, I highlighted some things, just nice intentions, right? So the, the well-intentioned leaders who don't ever get to see the progress. And I think I talked to a lot of leaders. I talked to one randomly in New York who said, you're in DEI, let me ask you a few questions from a major tech company who was struggling with how do we actually make this sustainable? And so a lot of people want to be where CTNC is today. I think it's important to share a little bit about where did I Follow the Leader meet CTNC in their journey? Well, we met in 2021, and so you may think 
Well, this was really post George Floyd's murder. That's when a lot of organizations started to do this work. That was not the case with CTNC. And so very unique for a nonprofit that is under 10 million to have DEI, racial equity, right, justice efforts before 2020 is actually still extremely rare. And CTNC was one of those organizations who had been doing the work for a long time, who had strategies before, who had people in the role leading this work before, and just the work that they're doing, they'll probably share about this, so I won't, but just the, some of the projects that they have and the initiatives that they have are actually rooted in equity. And so I thought that was really important to share that their journey with us was not the beginning of their journey. And so I really love that they were willing to come to us at this new juncture. We started out having a courageous conversation with staff and board, and then actually became their long-term strategic partner where they went through the cultural audit process with us. And then we also developed an action and measurement plan. So that is just a little background history. Really important to share that this was not new for them. However, they did want to right, take some of those intentions and pass wins and successes and move forward on the journey. Yeah, and even continuing on that piece of it, you all have been doing great work for, you know, for a long time. Um, what, and you decided to commit at even a greater level, right, when you partnered with IFL. To, we would love to understand and kind of to help people sort of see why was it important for CTNC at that point to make the decision to commit at a greater level? Um, what was around that? Why was it important? Any like, was there anything around that shift that uh, led to that? Um, so this is Kathy, and um, during uh, when we first started out with uh, I follow the leader, um, uh, Antonetta uh, led a very courageous conversation for CTNC board members and staff members um, at a time when, uh, again, this was not focused on George Floyd, but all that was happening, not just nationally, but uh, statewide and locally, and therefore within um, CTNC that was around greater attention to DEI work and how we could, you know, make things better. Um, the, it, it all kind of came to a head about that same time. Um, and so there was that All right, so we lost Kathy for a second. So we will go back to her when she comes back in. Uh, Kathy was so kind as to join us while she is across the country right now. So uh, if she goes out, we will pivot and then bring her back in. Kathy, just let us know when you can hear us and we I will come back. Awesome. I'm, I'm back. I, I, I don't know what happened. Um, but no, you're so, okay. Okay. So in that, um, it, there was um, a, a period of, at that time, there, uh, we were having with internally within the organization, um, great conversations about um, how we 
relate to each other. We have, we're blessed, and I do say blessed, to have a very diverse board. And um, from, I mean, the diversity in our background, the demographics are just, you know, massive, really. And the conversation around uh, how do we really intentionally put forth that effort, be transparent, um, deal with how we're feeling about what's going on in the world uh, as it relates to DEI and even our work in conservation, in particularly in North Carolina. And there were some shifting and upheavals and it was, yeah, I, I thank Amy for realizing we really needed to, as a board and staff come together and kind of lay it all out on the line for how we felt about these things and how, what, you know, how we would operate as a board. And so um, that's how we got started. And uh, I think it was very important because everybody realized we're all committed to being greater and better, especially when it comes to uh, across the board with DEI work and conservation. And this was a way for everyone to you know, stand up and have their voice heard and do it in a way. Um, I follow the leader in the courageous conversation, helped CTNC members have those hard conversations, get the emotion out of the way, and then move strategically in what it is we were all stating that we wanted to do. So I thank you for that. And this is Chris, um, and I realize some will not be seeing this, so I will self-identify as a, as a white male in my 60s to, to sort of put some context on it. But, you know, I realized that, especially after the George Floyd murder, that, that we were, there were heightened demands on our role in helping bring other organizations like us to, to reckon with the realities of racial inequities and, and broader diversity and equity issues. Um, and I'll be honest, we, we weren't prepared for the spotlight being on us. And we stumbled in some early steps of trying to help others. And we just, we didn't understand what the demands and the requirements of that role were. And it was really, you know, for me, it was a case of stepping back and saying, I don't know how to lead this. I've been a leader for decades in other parts of the organization. I don't know how to lead this. This I don't have the experience. And so that's when we really reached out and realized we needed professional help. And um, I guess I also probably assume that because there was a longer history, decade long history of, of issues like this coming up in the diversity of the board, that some of those conversations would have already happened. And frankly, they hadn't happened. There was, you know, and again, I think uh, George Floyd and all that happened after that really uh, heightened the, the, the sensitivities and we hadn't dealt with those. So it was very important to get professional help um, guiding us as an organization to be a better leader and then define where we shouldn't pretend to be a leader. You know, we had to, we had to reckon with that. There were certain areas where while we were ahead of the pack, we still couldn't claim to be a leader. So this is Amy. And again, for folks that are not um, watching this, uh, I am a, a mid 40s uh, white woman, again, from the South. And, and I know Chris and Antonetta have both alluded to it, but in looking back on CTNC's history, like the work around 
um, DEI really began in the early 2000s. So, you know, by the time Chris came to CTNC um, in 2016, there had been a lot of work done kind of on the edges of DEI. Um, and then when Chris came in, Chris, the staff and the board really kind of committed themselves to a new strategic vision for conservation work in North Carolina, which focused on conservation, climate and equity. Um, and I think it was that first you know, being very full-throated about a commitment to equity that was really our first step. And then, you know, as we learned more, uh, what is it saying? You know you know better, you do better. Um, so we continue to learn and grow, and we still learn and grow even today. Uh, so, you know, that has really been, I think, the big shift that, that happened within CTNC to really kind of kick this into high gear for us. Um, and like has been noted, you know, there are certainly some stumbling blocks in the past. Um, I feel confident we'll have additional stumbling blocks in the future. Um, but I think what the work that we've done with Antonetta and Rory, especially with a courageous conversation, um, really allowed the board and staff to coalesce around our commitment to DEI and to start building that trust with one another. Um, you know, that oftentimes it's hard to do. Uh, in groups where there are varied demographics, ages, races, um, you know, where folks are from, not everyone on the board is from the South, so they don't have that same experience that many of us have. Um, but I think kind of having this shared commitment to DEI really helped us begin to level up and want to learn more about DEI and the impact that CTNC can make uh, with this DEI work. Thank you all. I, I really appreciate your feedback. And I want to highlight something that I think is really important um, that Amy just talked about, right? She centered um, kind of their pillars, the conversation, climate, I'm sorry, conservation, climate, and equity. And so I think it's so important. Often people will have equity or diversity or inclusion or belonging, accessibility in their values, However, they're not sure how to live them out. And so I just wanted to highlight that Amy said commitment. And so at I Follow the Leader, we have a framework and we believe first leadership has to affirm it's a strategic priority. And often people start with action and leadership hasn't first committed that this is the direction we want to go, or these are our values, or these are our strategy, you know, our activities. And so I thought that was really important to highlight that leadership affirming it's a strategic priority. Even if everyone else does the work, if leadership doesn't affirm, we've seen it not work, even if employees are committed. So want to really commend Chris and Amy and Kathy as leaders of the organization and of the board for saying, no, we don't know how this is going to look, but we're committed to, to this work. Um, yeah, so next question I would love for you all. I know this is really important for you, um, but and really you all have been a leader in this space, but why, you know, some people may say conservation and equity, like how do those things actually go together? Um, and so with love, you all have had some major wins around your projects. Um, and so we'd just love to know if you can share a win around conservation and equity, I think that would be great. 
And I would love, Antonetta, to have Chris kind of uh, weigh in on this from the staff's perspective, because I know um, he has been very diligent in cultivating relationships. And I think that's really important with this work is intentional relationship building. Um, so I know he's been very intentional about that. And I think probably that has led us to one of the most significant victories kind of from a conservation and equity perspective um, that we have experienced to date. Thanks, Amy. I, you know, and, and Antoinette, you just you just pointed it out. Um, it's about mission and not just a sidebar program or a sidebar emphasis of certain parts of staff or board. This has to be central to what you're doing. And that's what I'm really most proud of is that we've integrated this into our mission. Um, it went from sort of back burner, good work to front burner. This is who we are. And I'll be honest, we have heard from some of our people that, well, this is mission creep. Uh, and I say, no, it's actually leading for the times we live in. Um, we have to be willing to embrace change and, and, and see our mission differently for the times that they're calling, you know, calling us to do this. Um, so early on, it was, you know, yeah, we're still a conservation organization, but how can we be mindful in what we do? Not just what we say internally in board meetings, but what we do externally with the world. And so we looked around and I realized one of the challenges in conservation that our state is facing in many states is, you know, what climate change is doing to the, the environment and particularly around the areas of storms and flooding and communities that hit. And guess what? The communities that are often damaged most by these changes are those with the fewest resources, those that are predominantly minority led. And so it was sort of a natural sort of connection to say we can make community and climate and equity all fit naturally together. It's an organic way to move forward and be true to our history as well. Um, so the town of Princeville, North Carolina, was a place that um, has flooded frequently. It happens to be the first town chartered by formerly enslaved African-Americans in the nation. But of course, the land that was given to them is in the flood plain of a river where no one else wanted to be. Uh, and that history is repeated across the country, you know, um, post-Civil War. So um, I very carefully began to make uh, inroads and, and connections with people from the town and purely asked them if we could be of help. And one of the keys to that offer was, I know that you as a town have heard a lot of people from a lot of people who wanna help and some have come in and stayed for six months and done a photo op and left, especially those with political aspirations. I said, all I can really tell you is that we want to be there for the long haul and we want to see things through for five or 10 years. Um, and I joked, I said, think of us sort of like a stray dog at the edge of your property. If you don't want us around, throw a rock at us, we'll leave. Throw a bone to us, though, and we will stay and be loyal. And bless them for taking us on as part of the broad partnership to help that town build on its inherent resilience. And so four or five years later, uh, you know, lots of great stories to tell and sort of national, international recognition for this partnership, of which we're just a part. We're, we're grateful to be an instigator uh, following their lead. Thank you, Chris. And we'll also be sure to make sure in the show notes that we link, they have some great videos and, and stories. And so we will link to those resources, especially for those who wanna learn more or about how they can support this partnership in the future. Yeah, Kathy. Yes, and um, I can say <clears throat> from the board side and, um, and also being, uh, having been chair of the DEI committee during this process uh, in working with um, you, Antonetta, and Rory, um, that 
the thing I am very most proud of, because I do believe it will allow CTNC to achieve more and struggle less and help those marginalized communities that um, he just spoke of struggle less because uh, it will give them resources that they need. But um, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely proud, probably because I've been so heavily involved in it. I, I tell Chris sometimes you need to put me on the payroll. Although I'm retired, I don't want to be on the payroll. But, but my commitment uh, sometimes I, I over the 18 months in, in um, working with uh, IFL and CTNC through this process, I have felt like a full time staff member. But it's okay because out of that, I think the strategic um, action and measurement plan that. Um, we now have in place and have we're at the end of our first year and um you know we could not have done that without um IFL and so you know i think ctnc will always be indebted to you guys for helping us um make dei work and the dei committee more structural um it's stronger it's um intentional it's weaved throughout CTNC, as uh, Chris said. I, I, right now, I can say most, if not all, conversations, even those that deal with finances, uh, and, at CTNC, it, it's going to touch on equity, um, inclusion, um, and uh, diversity. And so, um, I think that's what I'm very most proud of, and the fact that. It is not a document that is on a shelf. It is a living document. It has changed even since we, um, you know, began the, the implementation of it a year ago. It's already changed um, because things are happening. And so it's fluid. It's moving. And, and now the board members, not just those that are DEI committee members, but all board members are thinking about the work that we do in our various committees and how that um, influences or is impacted by DEI work. Um, we have, um, as a part of that process, was to get to know each other personally, not just for CTNC uh, CT work, so that we would grow personally no matter what walk of life we're in or where we go, when we leave CTNC and our, our various roles, that we take that personal commitment, that long-term commitment for DEI engagement with us. And I can truly say that the work, um, and again, Amy has been just, as the DEI lead on the staff side, has been just phenomenal um, in her um, willingness, her commitment, her time commitment, towards making sure that, um, and working with the DEI committee to make sure that all board members and our constituents are um, educated and trained, engaged in uh, opportunities that relate to DEI. And um, honestly, I, I think we would have gotten there, but we would have struggled trying to get there. Um, and for however long, um, this way, it, it the work is done. and. Um, well, it's 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 solidified. Let me say the work is never going to be done. I believe as long as we live and breathe, it will always continue. But we have a structure now. We have a framework that will continue long after I'm gone. And I, I used to worry about that. 
um, yeah, that, you know, do this work, but when I'm gone, how will it, I know that it's going to continue. I don't worry about that now because the structure that's in place, when new board members come in, when new staff come in, we have systems in place now where they get on board or they probably won't be with us because DEI is here to stay. I think it's a perfect segue also into this next question around what advice do you have for other nonprofit organizations, other conservation organizations that want to take on strategic, measurable, and sustainable work, any of those aspects? We'd love to hear kind of the advice and wisdom you have. Well, um, I will say that, um, and again, I have uh, I, I have a background um, in DEI work right. and facilitation, I mean, decades. But my role at CTNC was not that. And it was important for me to be an equal board member with skin in the game, along with everybody else, willing to take that, that hit of being transparent. And um, I think that um, one of the things that we can say because we've lived it and are still living it, is that organizations, if you are serious, if you are committed, you got to get some expert help and it, with somebody who's a DEI expert. You got to get the outside help. You know, find that money, find those resources to, because it's going to cost money. We're a capitalistic democratic society. I used to always tell my students, it takes money to do things. It takes, you got to commit those financial resources, find them if you don't have them, grow them, but you've got to have that financial commitment to and an and expert commitment for um, getting the work done, bringing somebody in to help move you along as we did. Well, thank you. And Chris and Amy, additional advice you have, thoughts around that for the organization? Yeah, I guess. I would say when you make your DEI commitment, don't stop with how do we internally look and talk differently, but instead ask yourself a further question, what are we going to do differently and whom are we gonna serve who hasn't been served? Um, you just, it, it just cannot be checking the boxes. And I guess the other thing would be humility, bringing that humility to the work. Um, and knowing that you're going to make mistakes. I've, I've stumbled more than a few times and got some bruises to show for it, but I've also grown through that process, thanks to Kathy and Amy, um, and you at I Follow the Leader helping us through that. Yeah, and the only thing I'd add, Rory, is that, you know, I think modeling uh, those courageous conversations that, you know, we had and really enabling us to have those internally, both on board and staff, um, so that we are holding one another accountable and making sure that we're cultivating an organizational culture that supports that, uh, I, I think is really, really important. And I think that's one of the primary reasons that our work in this, you know, DEI and conservation has really flourished internally um, is, is because we are, like Chris said, you know, pushing each other. Um, but then we also, you know, for a staff side of things, um, have expectations around continuous DEI growth and learning for every member of the staff, regardless of where you, you know, sit in relationship to the DEI committee. So I think making that commitment is also incredibly helpful. Thank you all. And I know some people are saying, okay, this sounds 
sounds, right? You've talked about some of the difficult thing, the resources and the time, but this sounds like it was easy. And it's important for me to be vulnerable and share even in partnerships with organizations because this work can be personal as much as you try to sit yourself back. That even in a lot of DEI partnerships, and I know a lot of organizations have come to us and said, we work with a lot of people, it hasn't worked. Well, even within a DEI partnership, you're going to have to have courageous conversations, right, as a consulting firm and as an organization or corporation, because many of these things are bringing up lived experiences, right, and, and inequities that actually are happening, right? For me, as a Black business owner, there are things that are happening, and there may be something that triggers, and do you have a partner that you can go through, go to and talk to? And CTNC for us was that partner where when there was, you know, potential conflict or potential difficult things, we were able to go to them. They were able to come to us throughout the partnership and say, hey, can you add this on to our action plan? Because, right, we want some of this unique history here. Or can you have a conversation with the exiting staff member? And so because of their transparency throughout the process, their kindness, right? I talk about radical candor, which is developed by Kim Scott, and it's caring personally while challenging directly. And with CTNC, we were able to do that, even through the most difficult um, the most uncomfortable conversations. And I just want to show gratitude to them and also say it's going to be hard to partner on these topics when most people in the United States and globally have not talked about this in the workplace. Most people have not done this deep work and it's going to bring up a lot. And so I love this group. Um, you shared humility modeling, the importance of time, resources, money, um, establishing a foundation that is still here when you all leave, uh, embedding it in the culture. And so I just wanted to highlight some of those things and also uplift what Chris said, leading for the times we are in. And so we are about to end the conversation. We could go on forever, but you all shared a few traits that you all feel leaders need to have to take on this work, but would love to just know if you have any additional um, leadership attributes that you think a leader needs to have to take on this you know, I know Chris mentioned humility earlier, earlier, and I think that's a big part of it. But you know, also being willing to, um, you know, take some hits if you know the work that you're doing is the right work, um, you know, and being steadfast in your conviction that it is the right thing to do, even if it's not always the popular thing to do. Um, you know, it feels like in this day and age. Uh, DEI is, you know, not the popular thing to do in many parts of the country and world, um, but it's still the right thing to do. So, you know, continuing that work and that commitment to it is incredibly important. And I would just add in, um, and this is what I tell EDs that I mean, executive directors or people in my role all the time. I say, you know, this isn't an organizational journey alone. This is a very personal journey. And so even off the clock, be reading the books, be watching the documentaries, be talking to people um, and be willing to face your own shadow uh, that will arise in this. Uh, it's a personal commitment that you just don't leave at the office door. And I would add to that, this is Kathy, I would add 
um, that um, all those attributes that they talked about are very important. Um, uh, one being continuously self-analysis, self-checking. Um, when, because we're all human um, and, and we're gonna make mistakes. Allow yourself to make the mistake, but don't dig your heels in and not come out of it. Be willing to see what your part, yeah, it's so easy to see what somebody else has done, but always be willing to see what your part is and then be willing to have that courageous conversation. That doesn't have to be structurally, that can be one-on-one. -on -one. And most of our conversations are going to be one-on-one -on -one with someone in this DEI journey. Um, and uh, for all of my, uh, yes, part of my uh, demographics, I, I, I am Christian. I have a strong faith and I know that that is what has kept me doing this for so long. And I will say, those of you who know your word, you know what long suffering means. And you're going to need long suffering to stay in this DEI work. And as Amy said, be willing to take that hit, knowing that you're gonna you're standing firm. So no matter how the winds blow one way or the other, as long as you are firm in your commitment to this work, it will continue. And I and I, I think that is that's my my parting thing is that don't ever give up because when you don't, as long as you have breath and as long as you're willing to pass what you do, and I think that's that that's the key there, passing it on to others. Because I guess I said I'm in my last season. So I realize I'm not gonna be here. But I pray mightily that the work that we have done with CTNC, um, staff and board side, that when we're all gone, whoever is there, that work is going to continue. And one of the days somebody's gonna say, hey, back in 20, in the early 2020s, they did a good thing and we can thank them. Thank you so much, Kathy. And, and I think it's so important because we started out talking about the beginning of our journey and the United States specifically was in a place where DEI was an imperative. And we are now at 2023 in a place where often it's not talked about or right books are being banned across the country and other things are happening. And someone asked me in the training recently, like DEI, is it political? And, and people have asked me this and I said, no, DEI is not politics, it's people. And so if you actually learn the definitions of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, there is nothing political about that. And so how can we still have champions of this work regardless of what's happening politically. So I think that's so crucial what you all shared around continuing the work no matter what society is saying. So thank you, Kathy, for sharing final thoughts. Um, Chris, uh, and then Amy, I would love to know any final thoughts or encouragement for those who are listening or, or watching. You know, the richness of this, um... I was sort of surprised to get beyond just our categories of race and gender and age and all the sort of big buckets that we that we are talking about when we say DEI. Um, Kathy especially has led the board and staff in all of our board meetings in talking about ourselves on a very personal level. And that's that's the payoff that I didn't expect, that we get to know each other better as individuals, even with all the identities that we clearly bring and need to respect. 
Um, and that's that's something I will always cherish. Um, you know, as, and Chris took mine naturally because I, I'm last here. So, um, but I think the thing for me is just, it's been very gratifying and I've taken a lot of what I've learned in CTNC and I've applied it in other organizations that I'm uh, in some leadership positions with and have actually seen some change in individuals. And I think seeing some of that, like the light bulb come on and some of that fundamental shift is probably some of the most rewarding things that you can see. It's kind of like, you know, your kids graduating from high school and you see this thing happen. Um, so it's just, it's amazing and really gratifying when it clicks with people and they realize that it's not political, that it is an important, you know, part of understanding each other and fostering relationships. Thank you. Thank you all. Rory, any final thoughts? Uh, you were very integral, um, a part of this partnership and, and leading and, and co-leading and facilitating. So yeah, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been amazing working with CTNC. It's, you know, so inspiring seeing the work that you all are doing. And I love how all of you have also recognized, right, the personal piece, right, the late relationship piece and how much deeper the connections are. And I think that piece of it often can be overlooked of like what that means in building community within an organization and the impact that has on a workplace. Um, so I just love that you all highlighted that and shared everything today. Well, thank you all for, for taking time in, in the middle of June and with it travel um, and transitions um, to be here and to highlight the important work that you all did that I am confident will continue right to live on as you all transition into retirement and, and new roles and other things. And so thank you for sharing a piece of your work. And I just want to highlight the commitment aspect. Um, all of these individuals put in so much work to leave a legacy. And just really proud to know each of you, to partner with each of you. And for those listening, watching, we are going to link you to each of these amazing leaders. These are leaders you want to watch stay connected to, uh, and also the amazing organization that they are all a part of, and the work they are doing in conservation and equity is really remarkable. So thank you all for listening to this very special episode. Any questions, comments you have, please share. We would love to hear them. And just keep doing the work. Really important to affirm leadership is a strategic priority challenge past beliefs and assumptions and acknowledge that it is an ongoing journey. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations with I Follow the Leader. We appreciate you. Be sure to subscribe to receive new episode alert. To learn more about the firm, go to ifollowtheleader.com. I also want to encourage you whether you're a change agent or leader, you can be a part of the solution. Now let's go make a positive impact and push the pace of progress. The world needs us.